This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello, welcome to Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. My name is Rachel Turner. I need to be different. Hello, welcome to Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. My name is Bob. <laughs> that would be amazing. Anyways, uh, this is, uh, we are talking about going back to in-person church. I mean, yeah, like it's happening, it's coming. And uh, many of us have preteens and teens, and we need to know what does that look like? Um, when we have, for many of us, been off for a while. Now, I always start with this caveat. I know we're all in different parts of the world. We're on different parts of this journey. So, caveat, I'm so sorry that we're very England-centric in the timing. But if you are ahead of us and have been back for ages, uh, and some people in England have been back for ages, please feel free to add your wisdom to this conversation of what's been working for you and what's been helpful. Um, as usual, we will. I'll talk a little bit, then I'll pray for you, and then we'll answer any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings you have about how to help our preteens and teens love church again. Now, again, sorry I named it something that was so inflammatory. I know your kids may be loving church right now, and I didn't mean to imply that they weren't. But uh, there's something about going back to in-person that can be uh, interesting. And so I thought I'd add some thoughts in, and feel free to disagree with me as usual. Um, I just also want to take a moment to remind you, as parents of preteens and teens, that research says that you are absolutely essential to the spiritual life of your children, that they do listen to you, even when they don't look like they're listening to you, and that having you in their life is one of the most spiritually significant things they have. And so I just want to remind you of those truths, as sometimes we feel like that's not true. It is true. And it is important. And so thank you for being here. So uh, as we jump into this, I think it's really interesting. I do these back to back. So I did zero to fives. I did five to elevens. And now we're doing teens. And with all the other ones, I say your kid might not remember church very well because, you know, they were small or it's been a while or their brains are still forming. Uh, you have teenagers or preteens. And so they're going to have a memory, a pretty significant memory of what it was like before and then what it's like in the pandemic. And so you have a, a totally different, not different, you get these extra bits to process with your kids because they're going to have a comparison in their head to what was before, what happened, and therefore they have quite more informed emotions about what's going forward with this. And so uh, I think that is, is quite significant. Also, at their age, you know, having been a year, for some of us, a, a year and a half, without having this in-person service, the, the patterns of life, the patterns of how their spirituality is developing has been really impacted positively and negatively uh, through this process. And that's, that's, that's a really interesting spiritual thing. And so I just really wanted to talk through four things, four things uh, that I think maybe will help us. And so uh, I'm just gonna talk through them really quickly. One, 
as we help our kids go back into services, the first thing I would suggest is that you have some good processing about what has happened. It can be so easy for us to jump into, right, well, we're going back on June 27th, so buckle up, folks, if we're going to have to get dressed and going, and then it just becomes back to practicalities about getting out and wrestling about when we're going to eat lunch and are we going to have a cooked lunch because we used to be able to see all of that practical stuff. But there's a lot of processing about about how they have felt about it, what they have missed about not just the transition into the pandemic, what, what they lost or what they gained going into the pandemic, but now we have this amazing conversation to have about what did they value about being able to do Sundays differently or services differently. If you met for church on Wednesday nights or Saturdays, what did this shift that the pandemic brought what were the positives of that? And it might not be about church. It could be about family life. I know so many teenagers who are saying that, that that their families laughed more on Sundays because Sunday mornings were like stress, 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 and then you got out and then you got home and then you were tired and then you felt like you had lost significant parts of the day. And they said that we laugh in the mornings and we got pancakes and that was like huge for them. A big change that happened on Sundays. That was valuable and they are nervous about going back to a structure that they don't remember that laughing time. For other p people, you know, there's a value of, I really enjoyed sitting next to each other and worshiping, or I enjoyed not having to perform for people. Some of the, the preteens that I were talking about is they really liked being able to um, learn the songs and not be worried about what their voice sounded like because they could listen to it and close their eyes or that they could, uh, that they could sing and it didn't, bug them because they weren't worried about what other people thought. There's so many freedoms that it brought um, that they may be valued. And so asking questions like, you know, what what are you really hoping we don't lose when we go back into in-person services? What did we learn about ourselves? Oh, that's my kid. Hi, kid. Can I help you? If you yes, you can. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Uh, what did we value about what we had? What did we miss? Um, what was what was the biggest grief of having to do Zoom at home? Because uh, for some kids, it could be the loss of privacy because they loved having their groups to talk and that was the support they had and all of a sudden they didn't have that support anymore. There's so many interesting conversations to have around that. And it doesn't have to be a big sit down meal that's like, now's the processing time. And you whip out your whiteboard that you have at home like I have, and you have a debriefing process. You don't have to do that. It could be while you're walking around. It could be as you're finishing a Zoom church. It could be whatever. Just think about what are the things you want to find out from your kid. I've had so much of preteen and teen um, spiritual coaching is about understanding them not so that you can use it as an agenda for something else or to disagree with them, but just to understand your child. And that is a really significant thing for them to feel understood before we begin to implement what we have to do. But to say, I really, I really want to understand your journey. But to also, particularly for this age group, to process your journey, because often they don't know how to, and often we try to dig in our kids' life without volunteering the vulnerability of our own. And particularly for this age group, the authenticity of modeling how deep you're asking them. If you say, what's one thing that you're nervous about losing when you go back? And you say, pancakes, they're only gonna go that deep. <laughs> but if you go, I'm really worried that I'm gonna miss out on 
the time that I significantly get to spend with God because I'm not worried about trying to do what the person up front says, but I can just keep my eyes closed for the whole time. Or I quite like falling asleep during the worship, and I'm sad I'm going to miss that. Whatever it is, model, create windows into your journey to show them how to have these spiritual conversations, what to talk about in these conversations. That's a really significant thing and, and quite important to do. So process the past. We are um, currently, as a team, working on just a few sort of springboard questions that might help you have these conversations, but they're just... It's a mild offering. You don't need to wait for them. It's nothing impressive. Uh, but it is, It is. ask the questions that are actually on your heart. And uh, when we come out with these things, it may just help you think through some other round, you know, other things to, to question around. Um, things like, you know, how it has affected their connection with God, but also, you know, how it has affected them feeling powerful or powerless within a church community. Um, or how how they feel seen and loved and encouraged and being able to do that for others. How have they felt connected to other people? You know, just sort of think around the whole breadth of what church offers, not just the significant things. What else? So love and be loved, draw near to God, encouraged and encouraging others, body of Christ stuff. And also just being able to transform and learn and be different today than you were yesterday. Church is significant in that. How has that affected now? And how has it affected our family? What do we want to do differently? So feel free to process that together. It can be so important. The second thing that I would suggest is to talk about the whys of church, particularly preteens and teens want to know why. They're not just going to go along with the world as it is because you say it. And it's a justify yourself. And uh, often we, in the pattern of our family, if, if you have been going to church for many years before it just is the, what you do it's the pattern of your family and um, now you may be having different conversations of why do we need to go to church we've spent a whole year without it why do we need to do it now not because they're resistant but sometimes it's the sort of it's a big it's a big investment of time and this is the absolute fantastic conversation to have because at some point your kids are going to leave your home and they're going to go what does my life look like and how do i want my life to look and they're going to ask themselves, why should I continue with church? Why should I go to a church? And if they don't have this conversation in the bag, rummaging around somewhere in their thoughts, they're not going to have anything to pull from. This is a beautiful, perfect, amazing opportunity to have this conversation that will echo in their mind forever when they potentially have children if they're somebody who will eventually have a child and they'll go I have a baby why should I go to church and your little voice will pop up in their head uh, and so we need to have those conversations of of how do we um, create windows into why going to in-person church is important and how that affects you why finding a place to serve is important to you and why did God invent it that way and what is church tradition and what is God ordained and have a interesting swim round and if this isn't about convincing your child arguing with your teen till you win this is about allowing them to explore what they think and allowing them doubt spaces and to wonder out loud questions so that you as a family can wrestle and debate and talk and process together the purpose and the point of church so that as you go back you can then have those conversations and say 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm feeling disconnected from each other. And that's really annoying me because I felt disconnected then. And I need to do something different because I want to feel more connected to people because I think that's significant part of what God provides for me. And so being able to talk about the whys of church is really important. The third thing I would suggest for preteens and teens is that for all children, they'll be in an older age group. But particularly for preteens and teens, often what happens is they are jumping from children's ministry, children's provision, into sometimes just the main service, sometimes a hybrid, sometimes they're jumping into a youth program, but they often need equipping for this stage. They're going to need equipping for a different level of church engagement. Uh, and so for some of the things like, how do you listen to a sermon? For some of our kids, however you have done it at Zoom, I know some people let their kids space out during the Zoom sermons, or sometimes they go into a different room. There's lots of different things, but some kids don't actually know how to listen to a sermon or engage with it or what they're listening for. And that's a significant thing to say, you know, during the sermon, what I do is I sort of just let my brain go, huh. And if I disagree with something, I write it down. Or if it's something that I really agree with, I write down. And uh, so why don't we do that for the next couple of weeks in Zoom, just to write down, and then we'll talk about it and to teach them how to do that. So if they're going back into a service that they will then be in for all the sermons to help them know how do you process that and do you have to agree with everything and how do you follow along and, and what do you expect from them? Sometimes they just need some equipping to be able to do that so that they feel comfortable and confident to do that. Sometimes it's about um, where they like to be when they sing, you know, to say we're going back and we usually sit on the side back in the day. Where do we actually want to sit? Where would you feel most comfortable in the room to participate in the singing part of the service? Uh, I know some teenagers who are like, I want to be at the front and the side because I feel hidden there um, or because I can see the words and then it's like really there and I feel like I can spread out and sort of sway. Uh, I know other teenagers who are like, I would like to be in the back, please, so that no one can see me. Uh, I know other kids who are like, my friends are there. Can I sit with my friends? And you have all these conversations about where can you be to help you connect with worship most um, so that you can actually pull close to God when we sing or whatever it is. And to equip them to make those decisions and to discuss them as a family and to say, this is how we want to go back. It's important that we love and we are loved. So do we need to have a time limit on how long we stay after church? Yes, no, yes, no. What should we do? How do we signal to each other that it's time to leave? Make team plans of how to do this. Um, to talk about what they're afraid of and what you want to do. Uh, what do you do if you have conflicting schedules? All of that stuff to equip your kids to not just engage with the worship, but you know how to help them engage in service. If your kid is a preteen or teen, it's probably time for them to, oh, I mean, I'm for all kids serving on teens, but you know, particularly for preteens and teens, a, a key significant thing for them to feel that they belong to a church community and that they're needed by a church community is to serve. And if that's something that, you know, you think your kid is, is ready for, that's a significant conversation to have. Saying, going in, let's spend a month of just getting used to it again. But I'd like you to spend a month also looking because you're of the age that I believe um, this church needs you. I think the church always needed you, but I think you, I trust you to, to be on the team with that responsibility. And I'd like you to have a look around and see where you are needed 
and where you think you could um, be a significant part of what this church does and to start that conversation and to equip them to think through not just what they're good at but what they feel passionate about and that's a whole another discussion uh, but there's there's loads of ways of doing that so equip them to do that so help them process the past and how they're feeling about this jump what they're going to miss what they're going to want to engage with you know how they're going to do that the whys of church is really significant for this age group equip them for that jump um, because it's going to feel unfamiliar to them because they're older um, also you might want to equip them for the endless comments on their bodies that they're going to get um, particularly our preteens and teens they're going to get a lot of oh aren't you big oh your voice is low they're going to get a lot of body comments uh, from other people who are just excited to see them and so sometimes you just might want to be like you're going to be seeing a bunch of people for the first time and they're probably going to say things like oh how big are you getting and you know it's it's okay if you just say thank you and you know it, it might get wearing i'm sorry that's gonna happen just you know prep if you're getting tired of it you know give me eyeballs and i'll give you a wink and you can go and just to to let them to know that this can be a hard time for them because they're you know bigger i i have to bite my tongue every time i see anybody on zoom because i'm like oh they're huge uh, and not everyone is going to bite their tongue uh, the fourth thing I just wanted to say is it's going to take a while. It's taken us a year and a bit to get into this situation, to settle into our Sunday patterns or our Saturday patterns or our Wednesday patterns of, of how we engage with church and online youth and all those things. And and we've got to be graceful with us and our families that it, it might take a year to get into our new groove. This isn't a going back because our churches are still figuring out what it's going to look like for them. And we're still figuring out what it looks like. And our kids are different than they were a year ago. And to not just expect that we're going to go back and it's going to be, everyone's going to find their place and everyone's going to feel like it was. And it, there's a bit of a grief and there's a bit of figuring it out. And there's a bit of rediscovering how to connect with God in this space and to connect with people in this space and to be needed in this space. And it, it may take a while. And there's a, a pattern of, a pattern of debriefing that would be really good to just know in your heart to tell your kids it's going to take us a while to get used to the new way of doing this and um, you may need to coach them in this change um, how does your kid handle change because this isn't a going back this is a, a going into something new and you can help your kid coach that but you know after you come back after let's say how are you feeling how do we feel about connecting with God and did that work? And what do we need to change for next week? And how do we do that? And to, to know that this is an ongoing process that needs to be talked about and processed rather than just expected. Um, I think that's, that's a really significant part of that. But if we do all those things, if we help them process it, if we give them the whys, if we equip them for their next steps, if we give them the grace and the ongoing process to help them find their place again and to find the need and help them connect with God in it, then we're going to really help our kids reconnect in that. So what I'd like to do now is pray, and then uh, what I'll do is I'll answer any questions you have. I'll read some comments and things just to add to the conversation. So please feel free to type while I'm praying for you. You don't have to close your eyes for me to pray. God, I thank you for the utter gift of this time that we've had um, in this season. God, I pray that you would um, reopen our eyes to the joy and the blessing of church. God, I pray that you would uh, give us eyes that we may see into the hearts of our children, that those you know, half sentences that they say, those eye rolls, those 
um, moments of smiles that we can glimpse, that we can understand their experience of church. Open our hearts that we may understand them well and uh, that we may engage with them and help them to find their place, to find you in the space, to reconnect with people, that they may experience the full blessing of the church as you created it to be. God, I pray that you would fill us with confidence and grace and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I just wanted to say it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different for every family. It's okay if it looks different from your family. There is no ideal, there is no perfect, there is no anything. It's just the journey your family is on. And so please don't compare yourself to each other. Please don't think that there's a right way to do this and a wrong way to do this. There's just your way to do this. You're the expert in your kids. You know the way your family works and how they feel about church. And you will be able to help them take their next steps. Um, right. Uh, we have a comment uh, about providing sheets to help with taking sermon notes for families who are booked into services, um, which is really significant. You know, sometimes you may be able to find those online. If not, you can see who made the comment and contact her and say, can I have one of those if you want? Um, but yes, you can also encourage families of older children to use them at home. It's this, this whole process of transitioning, and it's going to take a while. But also, I just want to say to parents, have a look at what people are doing, but then go, those things aren't important to my kids, but I really like the structure, and then make something different for your kid. Um, you know, So, you know, for kids who are dyslexic, for kids who struggle with lots of words, um, some, some people I've seen just say, like, what is one story that they told that was significant? Or what is one sentence that they said that made you think, huh? Whatever, you know your kid really well. So learn from these people who have written these things. And then say, oh, I'd take out half of those and I'd only add two. And make one yourself. There's, there's something of the joy of togetherness that is so good for that. Um, right. I'm just seeing if there's anything else. Oh, great. Oh, she put it up there. Wonderful. Great. So if you have a look there, um, there's a sheet that's available right there. And, and um, please feel free to just snag it and uh, bless you. And I'll see you next month. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Music